Hello everyone, this is Nick Barber here from Yas Community Baptist Church. I just wanted to do a brief intro to tell you about today's uh, podcast. This week's a little bit different throughout January. We have uh, a few different people share and, and it's a little bit different to your typical sermon. Uh, so this week we were blessed to have Fiona uh, share with us her testimony, uh, which that means her story of, about how God has impacted her life and how she came to faith in Jesus. At one point during uh, her story, Fiona speaks about uh, her life. She says her life after becoming a Christian. She actually meant to say before becoming a Christian, and so she wanted me to let you know that. Um, but I think you'll be able to pick up uh, what she means at that point. So I pray that this, uh, this testimony from Fiona blesses you. I pray that it encourages you, and I pray that you know uh, that uh, the God who was able to transform Fiona's life and, and bring healing into her life is able to do the same for you. Um, so God bless uh, and enjoy uh, what is to come. So a good place to start is at the beginning. My mum married my stepfather when I was roughly two and they had my sister about a year later. I say roughly because up until the age of 10, I have no real memories of my childhood. What I do remember is that he was abusive, that at the age of 11 I was told that he wasn't my real father and that when I was 12 he left my mum for another woman. By the age of 14 I had contact with my real father who after meeting me once decided he didn't want anything to do with me and my mum had been remarried again. Not a great start with male role models. I met Dale not long before my 15th birthday and life went on. I went to school, I hung out with friends, I did all the things you would expect from a typical teenage girl. Only I was stuck in those things that had hurt me most. And it pains me to say I wasn't a very nice person as a result. I made a point of hurting others before they hurt me. I was probably 16 when I started using drugs and alcohol as a means of escaping reality. This started as a bit of fun, but quickly turned into a daily, daily habit which continued for many, many years. Dale and I got married, we had kids and continued in, to live our lifestyle. I never really thought too much about God during these years. My friends and I used to joke about going to hell but I never really put much weight behind it or could say that I even believed that it existed. I knew Dale was brought up in a Christian home but again it was not something that I thought about. Although not, for the, although not at the forefront of my mind... I know this is not because I couldn't under... Sorry, let me do that again. Although not at the forefront of my mind, I know this is because I couldn't understand how good God could allow things to happen that I've spoken about previously. Therefore, he simply just couldn't be real. About a year after I was saved, Dale mentioned he would like the kids to start going to Sunday school and learn about God like he had grown up, growing up. While I didn't believe in any of it, I knew it was important to him and it would give the kids something to do on a Sunday. Interestingly, it always seemed to be me who took them. <laughs> this was not planned or discussed, but just the way it worked out. On Sundays, I would sign them in to kids' church and then sit in the foyer or wait in the car until they were done rather than attend the service. I never thought about why I was doing it and still can't tell you today. Why week after week, I took the kids somewhere to learn about a God that I wanted nothing to do with. Um, and looking back now, I know that it was God working slowly and gently to soften a very broken heart. 
So a year has gone by. The kids have been going to church, but nothing else in my life has changed. At this point, Dale starts talking to me about going back to church, about heaven and hell, and about his fear that at the end of the days, he and the kids would be in heaven and I won't be. This is his part of the story and not for me to tell. But what I know without a doubt was that God had been working on him for some time to bring his family home. So he's talking, talking, talking. I'm a good wife, so I was encouraging him to go to church if that's what he wanted to do. I was clear that it wasn't for me, but I'd support him if that's what he wanted to do. I had no intention of changing my life. More talking, talking, talking. (laughs) By this time, it was about 2 a.m., and I really just wanted to go to sleep. So when he asked me if I could ever believe what he believed, I told him I'd go to church the next day. All I wanted to do was go to sleep, but this was the opening that God needed. We got up the next morning and went to church. I had no expectations other than being way out of my comfort zone. So sat at the back in the hope of not being noticed. And that part may not have changed. (laughs) That particular day, the pastor was talking about life choices and that God was always there, always looking out for us, even when we turned our back on him. I felt as though he was talk- as though he was talking directly to me and had been in our house the night before listening to our conversation. I honestly thought Dale had spoken to him about me coming and had set the whole thing up. <laughs> but I know now it was God who had set the whole thing up, a lifetime in the making. I remember that day so clearly. At the end of the service when given the opportunity for salvation, my body and my mind went into overload. You could say they were at war. I knew I wanted to make the commitment, but I also knew there was no way I could live up to it. How could someone so broken come back from the choices I had made and the things that I had done? As I was standing with my eyes closed contemplating this life-changing decision, I had tears rolling down my face, but I wasn't crying. And my whole body was shaking, a little bit like it is now. I didn't feel like I could make this decision on my own, so I peeked at what Dale was doing. My theory was that if he had his hand up, it wouldn't be much easier for me to do the same. It was only upon opening my eyes that I realised the decision had been made and my hand had already been raised. This was followed by a fully tangible sense of peace and relief. God had wrapped me in his love. You may think that this is the end of my testimony, but it is in fact only the beginning, and I did warn you there were a great many elements. Since that day, so many great changes have occurred in my life, the first being the instant healing God gave me over my addictions. I I walked from church that day free, no withdrawals, no reactions, no desires, something I had tried and failed at in my own. God was showing me just what he could do. So I learnt what walking with God looked like. I started talking the talk and I was happy to talk about my past. I convinced myself as well as others that I had forgiven and forgotten, but inside I was holding on to a lot of bitterness and anger. It would have been a few months later that God called me out and spoke to my heart and I knew it was time to really deal with these issues. I sought counselling with a trusted leader And one by one, God cut the strings of anger, hatred, shame and guilt which were being held over me. 
My past is now just something that happened. It's not something that I feel anything about or that has any control over me. It's almost as if I'm telling somebody else's story. When I was saved, I didn't know what a healthy father figure looked like and I had no idea how to even begin forming that relationship with God. I just knew that my soul hungered for what he offered. What I do know is that he can take whatever you have, no matter how twisted, broken, bitter or hurt, and turn it into more than you could ever imagine. I thought my life path was set and that I was destined to live according to my missteps and mishaps. I never could have imagined that my life would be as fulfilling as it is now. But my kids would be as amazing as they are now. Or that God could fill any void and heal any brokenness with his precious love. I could go on for hours about... Oh, I can't see. (laughs) I could go on for hours about how God has used my testimony to support and encourage others, to show them that they are not the sum of their past and that they can be something more. How he continues to challenge me, to pick me up when I stumble, to bless me when I... And to bless me when... (laughs) I've completely missed a line. Um, To show... Okay. I'm going to start that part again. I could go on for hours about how God has used my testimony to support and encourage others, to show them they are not the sum of their past and that they can be something more, how he continues to challenge me, to pick me up when I stumble, to bless me and my family. I am amazed daily by his grace, his kindness and his love for this broken little girl. And while I may be crying right now, and I actually wrote that, it is not because I am hurting and it is, not because, it, is, it is not because I'm hurting. It is because I am overwhelmed that he loved me so much and waited so long just to have me as his daughter. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, Fiona. Um, as I read this week... Um, the notes that Fiona sent through to me that she was going to share and is listening to her this morning. There's a couple of uh, passages that, on top of Jeremiah 29 that um, Fiona highlighted and Steve read um, about that. There's, there's John 20, um, 30 to 31, um, which in it John says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so I just love that Fiona saying there's so much to the story of what Jesus has done in her life. And, and that, that verse that John said about Jesus as he walked the earth, um, that there was just too much to write down, but we've tried to grasp some of that and write it down so that you can believe in him and have life in his name. And, and that truth is true of how Jesus interacts and engages and redeems us in our own life. There's just so much to it. It's not just this bit or that bit. It's the word from that person. It's the moving in Dale's heart. I'm looking forward to hearing the sequel, Dale, Dale or um, perhaps it's the prequel um, to Fiona's story, um, the companion piece. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, but there's so much to what Jesus is doing in our life and, and in the life of others. And, and so it's encouraging in that sense, but it's also encouraging in who we get to be for others. You might not be the one 
that tells a person who's never known about Jesus everything about Jesus and leads them to Jesus. You might get that privilege, but you might get to be the loving friend, the companion, the one who, who points people towards Jesus, the one who might invite them to church, the one who might um, you know, share something of Jesus with them. And you'll be part of the so much that Jesus has done in their life. And so that's encouraging. And the other verse I want to highlight is 2 Corinthians 5.17 that we began with this morning before we worship, which says, Therefore, which I'm not going to go into all that comes in before the therefore, but therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And what I love about what Fiona shared was that there was some of that that was instant in her life. She was instantly healed of addictions. The old was gone and the new came instantly. But there are other parts of that being made new in Jesus that took time and process. The, the hurt, the anger, the hatred, the shame and the guilt took time to process. And, and so... Uh, I want to encourage you that if you've never made that decision um, that Fiona made without knowing it, um, with her eyes closed and discovered her arm was up, and that's not the first time I've heard someone share um, very similar about that. Um, there's a guy named Peter McHugh who's a pastor in um, Melbourne now, and when he became a Christian, he said he was he was at a church. He almost kind of similar kind of thing. Oh, I guess I'll go along, um, and and they were called for a response, and his arm went like that. He's like, what are you doing? And the other arm went up. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, all right. Um, and now he's a pastor. So, um, But no matter how long we've been with Jesus, we've, we've never made that commitment um, to pursue Jesus in our life um, or if we've been pursuing him for 99 years, um, that verse remains true. The old has gone and the new has come. There'll be things that will be instant in our life and there's things that we need to process through with Jesus being made new. Um, so I encourage you, wherever you're at with your journey in your life, pursue being made new in Jesus. Um, and if you haven't made that commitment to follow Jesus that uh, Fiona shared about this morning, I just encourage you to talk to someone you know here about making that decision. We're not going to do a big altar call this morning. Um, um, but if you are here this morning and you don't know um, Jesus, you haven't made that step in your life and you'd like to this morning, uh, then I encourage you to um, talk to someone that you know here that's a follower of Jesus and ask them to lead you in that or come and talk to me. Um, Fiona has said she'd be happy to talk to people as well and, um, and, and if you want Fiona to pray for you or um, you know, declare the testimony of her life over your life that God would do the same in your life encourage you to, to chat to Fiona